Hello, and welcome to Hellbent for Leather, where we talk about all things leather. Woohoo! And today, I have a special guest, and thankfully, also a very good friend. <laughs> it's very nice. Uh, yeah, uh, so that we can actually talk and hang out, but also talk about very important things. And in this episode, uh, we'll probably talk about uh, basic things, but also some detailed stuff, because like I said, I just want to hang out with my friend Jack. So let me introduce Jack Thompson. Jack. (laughs) (laughs) And his official title is Jack Exile <laughs> Onyx Thompson International Mr. Leather Ooh. 2019. Sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so here we're pretty raw. We we like to keep it raw. I don't have any like sounds like 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 old school disc jockeys and all I do the... prefer the, the raw, you know. I think I <laughs> yeah. think it adds some some appeal, yeah, some uh, some grit to, to the whole thing. Okay, good. Yeah, because you know, this is the 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 only thing I like to do barebacking on the first run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keep usually there's some more trust involved, but we already know each other. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. We we kissed once on stage. That was probably the closest right? we got. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go into we'll go into that more later. Ooh, the oh, mystery. <laughs> so, Our sordid past. <laughs> yeah. Our, yeah, we'll we'll keep it extremely mysterious until the very end of the episode. Right. <laughs> keep so, people guessing. Yeah, kind of like the X Files. You know, <laughs> we'll <laughs> keep people like ten season in until you re- reveal that we're actually who knows what we are still. But we. But is could... the truth really out there, <laughs> Apollo? Is it? Is it really? <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of well, we could go. I mean, gosh, if we turn this into an extraterrestrial X Files episode, I would just come all over the place. But we're gonna come in a different way on this episode <laughs> because I'm kind of nerdy when it comes to sci-fi things, and I can talk about that stuff for hours and days until my vocal box bleeds. But right, we'll be here for a week. <laughs> yeah, it'll be too long. Um, I don't have that kind of memory in my uh, recording here, but um. Yeah. But yeah, the X-Files, and, and the truth is out there. If you look for it, there is a lot of BS about the B, B, BDSM community. And uh, I think that uh, Jack and I have pretty long history and tradition and appreciation of the BDSM community and fetish and fashion and want to do things in a respectful and honorable way to, to honor our history and also open things up to... Uh, newcomers and you know obviously all genders instead of just some you know like it's been traditionally (laughs) and also uh all the colors of the world spectrum you know because it's also been kind of traditionally one color um if you look if you look at the front facing you know everything it it does look very white and very male yeah but if you if you actually dig in a little bit further than the surface you you see a a vast variety of beings and interests and fashions and kinks and it's 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 far more beautiful than than people actually see on the surface yeah and and ground is where i have 
loved to be the most. Like that's where dungeons are. That's historically where they were. <laughs> it was underground. They were, yes, historically probably done non-consensual way back in the day. But for like when we're call when we're when we're talking about like mod like dungeons in the in the kink BDSM world, those are like consensual spaces most of the time. Yeah, most you know, of the time. <laughs> but that will be for future episodes about like what are dungeons and you know what's consent and not non-consent and all that. But today yeah, so you have so many things you can do with at the beginning right it's like oh, yeah. the world is your oyster yes yeah and you can slurp it down or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into the questions now i i compiled for for my buddy here um those uh for those that don't know uh you're a title holder and that's what is the definition of a title holder um, to you or to like the actual BDSM community? Well, the title circuit is, is a very, if you look at our community and you're not that sure about things and you kind of look at the events we have that are large, it looks like our entire community is based solely around the titles uh, around like, mm going to a bar and like you know you see all the vests that everyone's wearing and like everyone has a patch on uh and you'll see like yeah. you know, Miss, mr eagle 2000 whatever you know like all these different like patches and and sashes and you're like well what is all that and and that's honestly a, a very small part of the leather and kink community mm. but we make it so big and so important that it that it seems like it fills up more space um and the titles haven't been going on like as wholly long as we like to think they are they've been going on since the late 70s and yeah they they were a the reason to have a leather contest or a contest like that in your bar or in your city was to raise money because of uh the aids epidemic that was you know that mm -hmm. was growing very quickly at the time so everything that all these bars and places did were to raise money for research and to raise money for care for mm -hmm. their community members and you know what do the gays like to do more than show up and show out and you know yeah. be pretty in the spotlight and that was, an yeah. that was a way for us to do that i mean uh, yeah. chuck renslow who was the creator and starter of international mr leather uh really all he wanted to do was like you know i want to take pictures of hot dudes yeah that was really the <laughs> impetus behind the entire legacy that that we've built yeah. up around it um was that i want to take pictures of hot dudes how do i get hot dudes into my bar <laughs> oh let's do a contest and yeah you know there was there was a lot of money and and time and energy and and love put into it and it's become so insanely huge where now you get like 22,000 people to show up in Chicago every year for this oh, thing yeah yeah granted it's... like maybe 150 200 of them go to the contest but <laughs> there yeah a lot of a lot, most of them are doing other other fun things meeting up and taking pictures of hot guys like that, that's what There's, they want to do too that's a really big part of it yeah it's taking pictures of hot guys or yeah. buying gear and fucking and <laughs> doing all of the other crazy stuff that we like to do you know so yeah um, those events have turned into like a, a a great market for um you know fashion and gear and all types of stuff that um basically it's it's like the one of the hugest events when it comes to anything 
leather. So, you know, if anybody's curious about it, they can do an online search for, for those things, obviously, um, international Mr. Leather, but all the, all the other events, um, and groups like Onyx and stuff like, yeah, just Google all that. It's up, it's up there. Yeah. I mean, we, we all have like, uh, most, almost most States, a lot of major cities, um, and you know, if you're in California, almost every gay bar, you yeah. know, has has a has a leather uh, contest uh, and like leather families. Like yeah. there's there's you almost always a Mister. Um, some places we get to have mi- like Miss contests. There's a lot yeah. more MX contests or non-gender. Yeah, I love that. Happening. That's I love that that's coming up. And you know what? I I had a a, a an epiphany that I'm sure many others have had when I was uh, watching the program Pose, mm-hmm. I was like- I just finished it like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, this is like crossover, bet- like the, the the families in um, the voguing scene and all of those, the houses of, you know, if anybody's watched Pose, please go watch it right now. Please, <laughs> if you please, have, if you haven't. Yeah, it, it actually is really historically accurate with some, embell- with some, with some embellishment, but it, they've gotten a lot of things accurate, which I appreciate because a lot of the time they don't. But I would compare like the, the, le- the leather contests to like when they would do um, pageants and, and balls and, and stuff like that. Like, excluding the markets and stuff like that and how it the you know those those parts of it but it there is some fashion in my eyes to a contest because you're strutting around and (laughs) you know you're you're getting numbers you're getting judged (laughs) the weird thing about the fashion in the in the contest circuit for leather is every everyone is supposed to look like an individual and stand out yeah. While also, especially on, on the men's side, the women's and, and trans and non-binary side of the contest, um, there's a lot more freedom in what you yeah. wear. Yeah. Um, but in the, on the men's side, you sort of have to stick out while also yeah. looking like you're doing Tom of Finland cosplay. Like, you, yeah. you, they want you to look a traditional way while also adhering to all of the things that we look like all the time. And yes. it's a really hard, very narrow margin that you get a yeah. chance to like really wiggle and like show off some fashion. Yeah. Um, if, if your goal is to win, because there is a lot of pressure to do it a certain way. And the people yes. who really like put it out there and really like, you know, put on these amazing outfits and costumes that they've made themselves or spent a lot of money on that are just fabulous, unfortunately tend to not do as well yeah. on a lot of the larger stages um like there have been some outfits at IML that I'm like why didn't that do what better like yeah, shit. yeah but it's not it's because they didn't fit this really small yeah like square like box that people wanted to put put it's, want you to be put in and it's, it's a little pretty rep- but you know yeah it's pretty to me pretty rep- reminiscent of what's going on with mass culture mask masculine culture anyway Yes, is is it's a very tight box when it comes to fashion. You very. can't if if you and that's why I'm like, look, this whole um, queerifying things and being free, actually free to express oneself, that's going to help uh, cis mask all all the. It's going to help everyone because, and, and that's at least my opinion because 
yeah, there's such a tight box. Yes, in the contest at the IML, um, like you were talking about, you have to fit like the bluff. You have to fit that. Well, bluff stands for. Um, well, I'll just say it, it's ba- it's it's basically like saying traditional outfits like you had mentioned tom of finland so if you just look at a tom and tom of finland biker look or a tom of finland um like corporal look yeah those those are those are the tools yeah the uniform jackets the white shirts the vests the tight pants the chaps the mere caps and like there's a very specific you have to have those things yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't have one of those things in a variation of a color or style, then you're not going to get to be included. Right. And that's, we, uh, yeah, yeah. it is sad. It is, it is yeah. sad because I wish that, that we would open up a little more to the possibilities yeah. of what, what we could be wearing, what we could be seeing on those stages. And we just, you know, what we, at the leather people really, we love our traditions and we, yeah. we like to pretend that our traditions are, so long in the tooth that you know <laughs> we've been doing this for hundreds of years it's like no not really no we've been doing it for a little while and it's yeah. awesome and i and we need to respect what we have done and, and who we are but we also yeah. need to remember that like it's not like you know this isn't life or death fashion here like it's no. like let people be comfortable and wear what they want to wear that make them feel sexy because that's really what we're here for we're here because of the sex yeah. at the end of the day and that that's well put because yeah. that's what sexual expression is and what all anything in the in the spectrum is right the the queer spectrum is like we're we're doing this for because who we love who and who we like to love i mean that and being like, said yeah. i did play the game i did look a certain way when <laughs> yeah I of course stage, but you you, yeah. you had to but you broke the mold because um your identification and who you are as a person like that that to me like it the more we can do stuff like that the more we can push the envelope and, and remind these folks and and everyone that the future is is always coming. And in order to adapt to being actually free in our future, we need to be honor our we can you can still honor our our four folks, our our mothers and fathers and two spirits and everyone's in betweens. Uh, we can honor our elders while doing traditions, but we can also go out, be a creative and go outside of that. And I think it's a constant, you know, learning and pushing the envelope with respect, you know, yes. and, and that's also what fashion does anyway, is you just gotta, you push it a little bit here, a little bit there. And people are like, that's hot. Let's include that now. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> you know, like it just you see, a- you see harnesses and, and more leather in different in like, blending with a lot of like mainstream fashion now that I, yeah. I I love to see it I also like it also uh makes me feel like oh now we're gonna go mainstream like is that where we are now like yeah is it, like is, are we gonna are, just are... make this mainstream thing like f- coming from like a punk perspective I remember seeing that in the 90s where it's like if you didn't wear a certain studded belt yeah, to a hot punk, topic you know to a really punk show punk yeah it happens all, every, anytime something that was on the fringe and people being made fun of or, or ostracized or even beat up for wearing something and, and it will become trendy like year a couple of years later or even months later, you know, like, yeah, it's just, that's always 
what outsiders do is you make something cool by being tough and wearing it. I mean, I can go into that side of fashion for hours and days, but we should probably stay on track with the <laughs> with some questions, even though this is a very enjoyable conversation, which I... That's the problem with having ex- friends on podcasts. You're yeah. going on tangents and you're like, oh, wait, I had questions I wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like I have to stick to this, which I'm, you know, I'm not, but... No. Um, I just want to make sure that uh, like things that might be confusing and the stuff that we're talking about are answered, you know. Um, uh, if you want to, uh, I, I think I wrote here something about your, yeah, your identity and who you are. And um, if you want to go into that on this podcast, just briefly and how that affected um, your contest. Sure. Uh, uh, winnings. Yeah. Uh, so the reason that my my win was um, as uh, it, I guess is in some way important important to many people uh, was because yes. I was the first uh, trans man of color to to win the contest. There was yeah. one other trans person who has won, and he won nine years before I did, and he yeah. went through a lot harder of a uh, mm-hmm. experience than I did. He did not have. Uh, Tyler did not have much uh, support um, came to his win. He uh, he was also, um, he also is in a wheelchair. So that was also um, a lot of people were like, well, like for a lot of folks, it's if I don't want to fuck them, why did they win? And there's, and that's a a lot of people. It, it, it definitely narrows what we see on that stage. Um, so that when when one of us wins that isn't like traditionally what people would assume is like a big hairy leather daddy like it, <laughs> it, it turns some heads um and yeah. I'm, and I'm I did get some backlash in the beginning but I honestly didn't give two shits about it but I had a lot like a lot of support my entire class um all 80 uh, all 68 uh sorry I was 68 all 67 other people that I ran with uh, were all in very, very supportive and showed their support very publicly. And so mm-hmm. did uh, my leather club, Onyx, uh, and so did uh, a lot of just individual people. Uh, so it made it very clear very publicly that if you are not in support of uh, a trans person winning IML, like you are definitely in the minority and you should probably not um, yeah. change your mind or you should probably keep that to yourself, um, yep. which was yeah. very powerful and moving for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I... I really, I like, I came out really big on that stage in my speech. I, at the end of it, I I said like, I am a transgendered biracial, um, you know, HIV positive man. And that, and that was the first time I'd ever said that I was HIV positive in on that level. Like I never posted it really. I never said anything. So that was, all of that was a very big, I think like push for the judges to be like, you know, Oh God, he just said all that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's important in my my personal opinion, and this is again my personal opinion, the more we, we the more people that can be out about it and courageous about those things, the more it's gonna help future kids be like, you know what, it's okay and I can ask for help about these things. Yeah. That's the, the way that's the way I say everything, the better it is for everybody else, honestly. Yeah. It normalizes the, everything. Yeah. And 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 you know, obviously, the my privilege in that I always real I always realize my privilege in that it's not easy for everyone to be out at, as out as I am. Yeah. And so it's like you got to do that within safety. Like, 
if you if you can't do it safely then by all means you know protect yourself but it's like when you're on a stage like you were it's gonna create like waves of change the way yeah. that you did it you know yeah so i just had to put that that two cents in there because <laughs> you know we all we can all be especially this is like pride month or whatever uh it it's like yes we can be pride but in that it might be redundant to some people that i'm saying this but we got to realize that some people still can't and that's why we got to do it where we can no i mean it's it's definitely you know? I mean, it's a little it's not really redundant because it keeps the reason yeah. that we keep having like at some point i would love us to that pride is not a big deal you know i would love yeah, that to happen, yeah. but for that to happen we would have to be respected on a much wider scale and taken seriously in government taken seriously in in medicine taken seriously in the yeah. world and we are still persecuted all the time and told that we are less than so mm-hmm. i mean hell even kinky people are consistently over the last bunch of years there's the whole argument of whether or not we belong at pride when we started, oh gosh yeah we helped start pride like the yeah. trans folks the trans folks of color <laughs> the people of color the leather folks the kinky folks they were the folks who really fought harder than most folks there were a lot of you know the folks that could hide uh yeah. you know the, the white men that could easily hide that didn't want a lot of of voicing out there about being gay because they were yeah. able to hide a lot easier than we were and we were the ones out in the streets dying and doing what we could to survive yeah. and making sure that we could be seen and now they don't want us there because we remind them that gay people have sex i think is the biggest <laughs> problem is that yeah they try to scrub pride so that it's family friendly and that and, uh-huh. then, and forget that no we're here because we fuck differently than you do that's literally yeah. the only difference yeah is that we fuck differently than you do and it scares you for some reason and oh you gosh don't, you don't want yeah. us to you don't want to see that um, yeah so yeah that whole thing is why one of the main reasons why i want to do this podcast is because um that very reason right there is i want to not come up with all the ways that everyone's so different. I want to show how we're all similar yes. because that's what I think is beautiful about the kink scene is that there is so many different types of identifying folks that are smushed into one thing. You know, we have straight people, gay people, whatever, you know, like everyone's involved in uh, the kink scene. Like, it not everyone, but I mean, like every type of gender and sex representation is is can identify as uh, into leather or have that fetish or whatever. I mean, so we, I, we have so see, many. We have so many more things that connect us and keep yes. us similar to each other than divide us. But we yeah. are consistently fighting with each other over the smallest things because yeah. it is easier to get mad at somebody that is like you than it is to think about how big and scary all the actual problems we have are. And yeah. If everybody I, yeah. who was upset about uh, kinky folks being involved in um, gay pride, if they actually looked at how they, how their desires, if they were courageous enough to look at them, that's all I ask is, is like, we call things phobia, like homophobic and, transphobic and all the phobia that's fear if you're afraid of (laughs) like 
if something's turning you on, consider it, look at it for a second. And if something, you know, like that's all I ask is like, because <laughs> yeah. I, the thing with kink yeah. is that we just, we figured out ways to be honest about what we like yeah. and how we can do them in safe and consensual ways. Yes. That, that make us feel good. Like there are folks like there, I see that the kinks and the things that, that, you know, vanilla or muggle people are afraid of, <laughs> you know, within our community, like they, like they hear the worst of our things and they're like, that's, Oh my God, I can't believe you would do that or be into that. And it's like, yeah, but wouldn't you rather I be into something and be able to explore it in a safe way, in a clean way, in a way yeah. that makes me feel validated and not, worse about myself than hide it and like keep everything pent up and have it come out in, in really destructive ways um, yeah. that can be really unhealthy for people like yeah exploring things consensually is all we're talking about and what what like you're just saying to like to re, to like say what you were saying basically <laughs> is like if it's it's like a type of therapy if you can explore uh your shadow um in a safe, healthy way, then you'll, you'll basically just get to know yourself and be, and feel more free. That's all we, that's all we're asking is for everyone to feel that way. So there's not, cause freedom is not some, some, it's like love. It's not, you can't, it's not bottle upable. There's no, you can't lack, there's no lack for those things. It's right. just ever, it's ever flowing, ever, you know, there's never a shortage of it. It's just the feeling that happens, the disconnection and and the the all of the other things that make it seem like there's a lack of it. So it's like that in a, in the philosophical end of this <laughs> conversation, <laughs> it's like that's all we're as humans, all we're wanting to do is connect and self-express or love. Those are the two things that I if you know if you want to boil everything down humans want connection and love that's yep. all we're trying to do we just do it a little differently than some other yeah people. that's it that's, <laughs> that's that's the difference we do it in a way cooler way I'm it's true. Yeah. we, are, just we are much cooler than muggles <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know muggles can can be swing over to the the side if they want they just gotta think about it for a second that's all i'm asking like hermione just look oh, at yeah. hermione Come I on, think they're she... afraid to have fun. I, th I think <laughs> that a lot of people are are told that everything that they feel, everything about something that is not exactly what your family or what your yeah. what you've been taught is is if you're not in line with that, then you're wrong and you need to fix it. As opposed to, yeah, you know, maybe just deal with it and and figure it out and yeah, give it a hug. Very, <laughs> we're very you know puritanical you yeah. know uh, country and. If we yes. weren't so fucking you know, sitting around with a stick up our ass all the time, we'd have a lot more fun with the rest <laughs> of the world, but we don't. Yeah, if we just polished off that stick for you and yeah. made it nice and smooth and taught you about your prostate, then maybe it would be enjoyable. Right. That's all yeah. we're asking. <laughs> <laughs> just sit a little differently. You'll be good. Just, yeah, just do something. Okay, well, I'll, we could go, we'll go into that in a later episode, all the whole butt stuff or whatever. <laughs> but, um, an another part, I'll just continue with questions so yeah, I don't go into too much of a philosophical land. Yeah. Um, you Do you uh, also still identify as a pup or is that part of your identity, identity at all? Um, I mean, I, I identify as a wolf. I, I have oh, yeah, forever. wolf. 
Um, I, when I was, I mean, my mom can tell you that I've, I've been a wolf since I was, you know, since I could make sounds, like since I could, yeah. like, you would howl. I howl, I growl, I, I scared my teachers, I ran oh. around like a dog, my family had a little dog nickname for me, like, I, yeah. I've been doing that my whole life, and I, my mom, you know, of course, when you're a kid, everything is adorable, and then yeah. you get older, and it's like, why are you still doing that, you know, that becomes <laughs> a whole different thing, and I, I always knew that that's what you know, I, I felt on the inside, and as I got older, and I saw, like, I, I, I met furries for the first time when I was like in you know early high school and that was really appealing to me uh so I kind of went that direction for quite some time and I still yeah. I have a fursuit I'm still very I still very much identify there um but the you know fucking in fursuits really never that part of it never appealed to me it's um, so hot it's just you sweat it's so sweaty you, yeah it's just the hardest thing ever like just for folks that don't know um to maybe do a, a brief um separation of like um animal role play like puppy play in the kink community versus furries because i think that gets a the crossover is cute and it happens a lot but they're they are separate things they're very different things so yeah furries are people who and not not all of them are uh you know do sexual things with when they're in those uh big mascot type suits yeah Um, but they they feel a level of of like animal appreciation and animal pleasure and connecting with a part of themselves that is much more in line with an animal Mm -hmm. Uh, and they dress up in these big suits and they go to conventions and they have fun and a lot of people do have sex and that is a big part of the kinky part for them but not everyone there's also a lot of art um, Mm -hmm. and just community uh, around it and then there are pups uh, for the kink and leather community who are folks who enjoy animal role play with either with other animals other pups or with a trainer or handler uh and it's a level of um you know a power exchange uh, yes. of being like usually a submissive uh puppy to a master or to a handler or just being a bunch of pups and then there's a level of uh, hierarchy like you see in in any you know dog pack or wolf pack where there's like usually like people who identify as alphas and betas and omegas and so yeah. you 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 deal you interact with people differently and a lot of people that uh that have uh some cognizant issues that have uh i know a lot of people that um are on the spectrum somewhere that when they put the hood on or they kind of just go into pup space they feel like they can connect better and differently and let go of a lot of the the stresses and strains Mm -hmm. of regular life um which a lot of people do when they get into some level of submissive space is they go into subspace where they just sort of are able to let go of whatever responsibilities and other issues they have and just are able to enjoy yeah. not having any power for that little while. Yeah. Um, that's the beauty in my, in my opinion, the beauty uh, of uh, DS and, and role play and um, anything that's um, putting yourself in a place in, in a place of your psyche that you want to explore like we were saying before, consensually, you know, you have, we have animal nature, we have part of ourselves that wants to be the boss or <laughs> part of ourselves that wants someone to be the boss of us and doing this in a real situation it, in real life, it can be dangerous and not healthy <laughs> if the other people involved don't want to do be involved with that. So in these, you know, in the furry land and the and the pup land and even the pony land and anything role play land, it's like we 
all those folks are there for it. You yeah. know, and then within that, you ask consent within that group. It's not just like whoever's there gets to do whatever the hell they want. But you know, there's there's mu- it's, much consent. It's and many much layers. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we could have a whole episode on consent and respect, and that would fill hours of time. Um, but but yeah, I, um, I've always yeah. identified as a wolf specifically. I'm not I'm not a pup. I don't enjoy going. Okay. To yeah. Like, Pup, pup moshes or get together yeah. i don't like getting in there and like playing ball and playing fetch and like chewing on yeah. bones and you know tackling and doing all that like that's never that's never been my where my love for it is like i'm much yeah. more of a like wild animal grouchy like don't fuck with <laughs> me um i will i will bite you like do not um yeah and so my relationship to my daddy slash my husband is as he is much more like a handler like he keeps me on a very short leash if I, we are in a public dungeon or a party and we are in that kind of relationship space uh i usually wear a muzzle uh, unless we are yeah. directly in a scene or playing um the scenes are much more like i am either in a cage or I am tied to something and, and there's uh there's a lot more snarling and biting and he wears special gauntlets so that I don't hurt him, you know, and yeah, and it's 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 fun for both of us for whatever we get out of it. Um and I just have always seen the world and the world makes more sense to me when I can figure out the hierarchy in a room, when I can sense yeah. somebody else's sort of innate animal kind of nature is I feel like I can connect better to them because I know how to I know how to come at them. I know how to communicate better. And that's, um, that's sort of just always been who I am as a person. Yeah. Yeah. A wolf person. (laughs) Yes. The, the true identity of a lichen. Right. Werewolf play is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing has always been, been very, very fun for me. Um, and thankfully I have found many partners who. Yeah. I also had grown up being a puppy named Petey the dog. I don't know if anybody remembers the little rascals. They had a um, little pit bull mix that was that had a little graphic on his eye. I really identified more with the dog of that show than I did with the any of the characters in the show. And I remember as a kid having I. I I really wanted everyone to call me Petey the dog all the time and I would do tricks and I would I was just like a part of my strange little loner childhood and everyone I believe everyone has that again I might have mentioned it before in previous episodes uh that everybody has a little part of their animal self that they can choose to explore or not and it can be fun if you don't well it 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 can be fun if you do it consensually meaning develop it and play with folks that are wanting to but if you don't look into it then it might turn into something else and a little bit more wild and you know you can be wild and untamed with with folks consensually but if you're not wild and untamed if you're wild and untamed non-consensually then things can get upsetting or confusing or hurtful or whatever and so that will conclude part one of our episode two and a half i think (laughs) um with jack and we'll come back shortly 
I appreciate everyone for joining today and uh, look forward to talking to Jack next time. All right.